So are you tired of this trading range? Well, I got some news for you. We're still in it. Bear down on the lower end of the trading range, but with this market, who knows? We could be green just like that. Mixed bag of earnings, some good and some bad. The bad is from a a big member though, a, a big stock, UPS. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We got a lot of earnings to cover, so let's get to it on this Tuesday pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We're starting the day out in the red by 18 and three quarters handles at 4140.75. Never saw that closing price of 59.50 on the downside, 41.30. We keep expanding the bottom of this trading range, but bouncing right back. We'll see what happens today and also after the close. Buck a little bit of a rebound up 21 cents, so 101, 28 and a half. Uh, Bonds catching a bid off 130, now back to the 132 area, up 29.30 seconds at 131 and 21.30 seconds. Crude giving back yesterday's gains with another double top down 75 cents at 78.01. Gold well under 2,000, down 13 bucks at 1986.80. Silver slipping into 24 handle, down 75 cents at 24.56. Bitcoin quiet. That's down 10 bucks at 27,390. We're going to bring in Triple D and Triple D just take a stab at what the straddle was in FRC. Mm, was it three bucks? Four bucks. Holy, they had it at $4, eh? <laughs> Man, the option buyers just don't make money. It's so tough. I mean, I guess you get direction, right? I guess you can make a little bit there, but it's so tough to buy options. It's just never really. And again, when you get the VIX really low, you you can buy more options and sell options. But seventeen is still not historically low. It's still you know on the upper end, in my opinion. I think normal is like fifteen to sixteen, and when you're really slow, it's down twelve, eleven. But it just goes to show you. It's just a losing game to be a net buyer of options. People make more money selling options than they do buying options. That's why Nick Shaheen's been in business for a long time. It's why a lot of other people have been in business for a long time. On the sell side, one of my buddies, Chris, that's all he does. He sells options. He does different strategies with it, but he's always a net seller of options. And he's made a lot of money over the years doing it. So hard to be make money buying options. Yeah, and uh, it's down 349. So uh, let's go. I mean, the report. I mean, they beat, right? They had a nice beat, uh, 123 versus 85 estimate. Uh, sales, 1.2 bill versus 1.15. But, man, they gave a net interest uh, income, net net interest income down nearly 20%. They're closing banks. They're reducing the workforce. Yeah. Uh, boy, oh, boy, I mean. The bigger think, issue was the deposits. And the deposits yep. fell substantially. I think I don't have the number in front of me, but I heard forty percent down. 
I mean, so there was a lot of people who took their money out of First Republic Bank. And here's the bigger issue, is now that people see that, you actually are seeing people take the money out, that will make more people nervous all likelihood. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it gets better. So it's difficult to come in here and say, oh, the valuation, it's pretty attractive. If more people continue to take their money out, the bank could go under. Not saying it's going to happen, but the possibility is still there. So the risk is just 100% here. It's whatever you're putting in it, it could be a zero. We saw this happen with Silicon Valley Bank. We saw this happen with Signature. We don't know if that's going to happen with FRC, but today's results or last night's results are not going to do anything to bring confidence back into the bank because when other investors are looking and saying, hey, 40% of people took their money out, maybe I should be doing it too. That's the biggest issue is the snowball effect when people start taking their money out. That's why the stock is down 21% here this morning. It's not the numbers, the, the earnings. It's none of that. It's the fact that a lot of people took their money out of this bank. And uh, pre-market low comes in at uh, twelve thirty-three, and we're just, you know, we're just hanging above it. I can't say there's like really like a a hammer in there, but I can say there's someone, you know, just lurking around at this twelve and a quarter area. The dailies are so hard to look at on this stock because of the, uh, you know, just because of the way it came down so hard, everything's yeah. punched up at the yeah. bottom. There is a daily low at twelve fifty-one uh, to keep an eye on. Next daily low comes in at eleven seventy-four. But I want to ask you something, Dennis. Uh, th- I watched this stock before the number came out. And, boy, it looked like some people were a, a little bit bullish. Uh, did, despite- they bought it, yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah. Went up to 16. It was really choppy. It went up and then went down and then went kind of flat. And then the number came out. And initially it didn't get hit. Like in the first few seconds, it didn't hit that hard because I think those earnings were like, oh, the earnings are pretty good. But then, you know, you see, you know, the deposits and you see the substantial decline and then they started just slowly hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And they've never stopped hitting it, really. Now, again, I'm not coming in here to say in short because we don't know. If no investors take their money out, investors start putting their money back in, but the stock is cheap. But, you know, what's it take? So it's all just a matter of what are people depositors, not investors, what are people depositors thinking at this point in time? Do they not care? Is it going to stabilize? Because then it stabilizes at a new level, though, too. So are, is everybody going to flock to put their money in FRC? Likely not. So no, they're, you no. know, trying to hit, you know, these higher earnings numbers uh, again. And, you know, and they're looking to cut expenses where they can. So you can look and see an 8% dividend. And you think, oh, wow. And I think they cut that already. But um, just don't look at the fundamentals. Don't look at the numbers, the earnings on this. Because that can be all meaningless, depending on what depositors do. Depositors stop taking their money out. Maybe it can stabilize. But again, it's all valuation here. And when you're losing that kind of deposits, you're going to make a lot less money. Uh, also, just a final note on this, we'll take a look at some other uh, regional banks. They withdrew all previous financial guidance, and they did not take questions during the conference call. Yeah, the no questions, <laughs> I mean, that's tough, too. So, obviously, they've got some issues. They're looking for, they finished it with, we're looking for strategic alternatives, which <laughs> oh, is another no. way to say, hey, we got some problems here still, <laughs> and we're looking, you know, to either sell ourselves or to figure out, you know, how who's going to lend us some more money. So banks have got serious problems, bottom line. Maybe they get out of these problems. Maybe it's going to be a long-term buy. I'm not touching it. 
Uh, let's look at some of the other regionals. Uh, PNC has already reported. That's just trying to digest the move. Uh, you do have Western Alliance Bank taking a little bit of hit on this one after yeah. good earnings, getting back into that gap area. Regions Financial, that also reported. That's down uh, 29 cents. Uh, um, what else do we have? Pac w PACW is and one that has been moving around, obviously, with FRC. It's mm-hmm. leaking here this morning. Key Bank, you can look at that one. It's been leaking. I mean, this is the KRE altogether. So the KRE, we are literally one, not even. So the low of the entire move is 41.28. We're a buck off the lows. So think about the move that we've had in the last month, you know, and the SPY going up, 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 up. And the KRE is sitting on the lows. So we need to just, you know, I, like I was saying, I don't think you want to touch any banks until the KRE starts getting above 45. Schwab's getting hit here this morning, SCHW. Um, not crazy, but it's kind of given back that little rally that we did get off the WAL. So it's starting to leak here again, too. There is some underlying concerns here still. We are not out of the woods in the regional bank financial crisis. That's the bottom line. All right. Now, uh, the more concerning report in probably – For me, uh, yeah. Mo- yeah, the most of the reason that we are down this morning is uh, we're not liking what we heard from UPS this nope. morning. Uh, they missed by a penny. No big deal. You know, a penny here, a penny there. They missed on the sales by a little bit, 22.9 versus 23.01. Uh, but they expect volume to remain under pressure given current macro conditions. That's important, Dennis, and they're taking it out on the stock this morning. We've talked about this before. FedEx and UPS are huge indicators for the consumer and what is the consumer doing. And when UPS talks about, um, you know, volume to remain under pressure given current macro conditions, that's not a rosy outlook, not just for UPS, but for the economy overall. It's telling you UPS thinks the consumer is slowing. So it has taken a long time, but UPS is thinking that the consumer is slowing, which is concerning for stocks. Now, again, do we expect, you know, the consumer to slow? I think the market has expected that for a while. It just hasn't materialized. So how much of that is priced in is the question as well. I think, you know, if we were just, you know, in rosy, you know, everybody's, oh, we're out, we're out bullish, and UPS came out with this, I think the S&P would be down 50 handles. But it's not down 50 handles. We're down 19 handles. And I think the reason for that is, you know, well, yeah, we kind of expected the consumer to slow. I mean, it's all about expectations. And that's where we still sit. So it's hard to just go, you know, you got to sell everything now that UPS thinks the consumer is going to slow. We've expected the consumer to slow for a long time. And if you think that interest rates are going to come down in the second half of 2023, you need the consumer to slow down. If you want interest rates to go down, you need the consumer to slow down because they're not going to start lowering rates if the economy is not starting to slow down. So that's where we stand right now. Difficult to, you know, say, you know, is this UPS a buy, you know, on there? Is, you know, are we buying the dip on these stocks? I, I, I think you need to maybe wait a couple of days and see, you know, if buy the dippers materialize. I want to see if buy the dippers materialize in FRC, to be honest, just even going back to that. But UPS commentary is concerning and it's telling us that the consumer is actually starting to slow down. All right, 184.88 was that initial reaction this morning. And so you're getting a little bit of a bounce off that. So whatever immediate sellers you had, 
Looks like they, they puked out their initial positions. Street leaning the wrong way into the report. The upper right chart reflects the price action in April so far. So you have basically wiped out three weeks worth of gains here in one earnings report. Uh, the 184.88, uh, there is a couple lows under uh, 185 at 183.72. But I think what I would do, I'd do a little reset this morning and I would block out that pre-market low and I'd say, Wow, you got three lows the same area at the 186.50 area, uh, two in April and then uh, one back in March. That's 75 cents away. The fact that it already traded through it doesn't make it a great number. But, you know, if you took this home short or you have some 90 put, 190 puts or something, that's an area of interest. I'm not sure we're going to get back to the top of uh, the bottom of yesterday's range. That's way up at 194.74. So the fact that the street was leading the wrong way into this report with one, two, three, four, five, five out of six, six out of seven, seven out of eight up days, you're having some people regretting those buys. Uh, FedEx, which is on a little bit different of an earnings cycle, uh, they are trading down 366, just consolidating at the top of the move. And they uh, already reported. Again, yeah, they already report. Yeah, they they don't report again. A month so, ago. Yeah, if you're looking for your driver today in the market, uh, you put two stocks up there. You put UPS and FRC if you're looking for the market just to do that that reset. Like, okay, yeah. we're back down at the previous day's lows, and uh, we're going back up to the 4160 area. It, it's those two stocks, the reason the market is down. And if you look at the majority of these other reports, yeah, there's some other ones that are down too, but a lot of them are actually pretty good. You know, mm -hmm. maybe go to General Motors because um, they're telling us a little bit opposite. I mean, me and you, it's a head scratcher. Why GM stock is still sitting near the lows because they seem to do pretty good every single quarter. Um, Joel, give us those numbers there from the Benzinga Pro yeah. and General Motors. Because I mean, this report was pretty good. And, you know, this happens. This has been happening a lot. They keep coming out and saying good things. They beat by yeah. 50 cents, Dennis. Adjusted EPS, 221 versus 171 estimate. Uh, sales have beat as well by 39.98 versus 38.95 estimate. Uh, they bump up the uh, lower end of the guidance, global deliveries. It's just like. The market doesn't care. For some reason, these stock is just for the getting no Motor City love here. Even during the big rally that we've had, let's just take a note here. You have a pre-market high at 35.80. I would keep an eye on this 30. Man, you've already faded off that too. Um, very important for this to get through 36 today. There's a pair of highs right at the $36 area. So that's just above the pre-market high. It's going to have to rally a buck to get there. I'm not exactly confident it's going to do that. Um, if you're looking for a gap fill on this one, which GM can move a buck on you pretty quickly, uh, the bottom of yesterday's range comes in at 34.40. Uh, Ford has not had as much good news as GM, uh, but that took a hit. That was a quick move from 13 to 11.50. Uh, Ford kind of in no man's land here, but uh, they're not believing the GM numbers uh, day after day after day, Dennis. No, um, the market, like if, if you really thought that they're going to continue to, you know, put up these numbers and continue to, you know, they're raising guidance here again. I mean, stock is trading with the PE right now. So they're expecting earnings outlook for 2023. They're raising up from six to 635 to 735. I mean, the stock's trading with a P of five right now. So 
on normal markets, you'd see a stock ripping higher like this, and it's up. You know, it's not down, it's up, but it's not really ripping. So, I mean, they're expecting, the market is basically saying they're not going to continue to hit these higher numbers because, you know, the stock is just too cheap. So, I wonder if GM, if they really believe it, you wonder if they should, you know, bump up that dividend. You know, if you really believe that, you know, you're going to continue to just, you know, be kicking butt and taking names here, you know, 1.03% dividend is not much there. Maybe you should bump that back up. Maybe they should, you know, to get the investors the vote of confidence because right now, investors are saying, well, you can raise guidance all you want. We don't believe it. And that's why the stock's, you know, it's up this morning, but it's not up substantially. And this was a really good report. Uh, we don't, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, uh, track down, uh, Michelle Krebs and, uh, get her take after, after we get the, she's usually bullish though. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, let's just take a look at Tesla. Was that a Tesla turnaround for you, Dennis? Uh, undercut the low of the move uh nice rally towards the end of the day with the market trading down a buck 90 now i mean if you're taking a poke here on the long side i don't know what you're leaning on because there's i mean i guess you can lean on yesterday's low yesterday's low came in at 158.61 but this whole 140 to 160 area just i don't know i just I don't like the way that looks on the chart. I'd be much more comfortable if this came down to 146, 147 and uh, filled the gap. But uh, Tesla, Tesla still trying to recover uh, after after earnings. Let's, it, uh, it, it's going to move with the mega cap tech, which is going to report here tonight. So we know Tesla's already reported, but it will still move with the Microsofts and the Googles. So, and we're coming into Meta. Like we said, Amazon's going to report on Thursday. We're getting so many big S&P names. This earnings is really going to dictate the next move you know what is microsoft saying are they saying similar stuff to ups are they saying we're seeing slowing because microsoft is priced for perfection or is google you know says what are they seeing you know what is amazon seeing what is meta seeing i need to get that information before making any market calls here and i think the market's the same thing it's why we're just meandering in this range here we want to know what the mega caps and obviously they're heavy weighted in the s p before the s p makes its next move but so far Really not so good, I would say, this earnings season. The banks were fine, but and they were good earnings, but they faded. You know, the biggest issue, J.P. Morgan held up. But you had Bank of America had a pretty good report. It faded. Citigroup had a pretty good report. It's kind of faded now, too. So you're starting to see a little bit of profit-taking in some of these names that reported. Goldman Sachs held up while J.P. Morgan has held up while two probably best-of-breed banks. But overall here, I don't like the UPS report. I don't like the reaction to General Motors. I think it should be up a lot more if the market was confidence in these numbers. And maybe they will come in. Maybe they will come in and buy it up higher. But I'm just, you know, and then you see which stocks are really holding us up. And we can go to this right now, Joel. The consumer staples are all still doing really well. And we've got a number of those reporting here this morning. And that's really been what's been holding this market up a lot. Yeah, Mega caps and consumer staples. All right. Let's start. What about, I mean, what would you be thinking about if you were long this Pepsi, right? It's up 310. First, yeah. let me uh, let me go to the numbers here. What do, you, what do you like better, Pepsi or Coke, Dennis, or don't you really care? I can't tell the difference. Okay. All right. So if we put a blindfold on you, you couldn't no. tell the difference? No, definitely not. Uh, yeah, you could. Uh, let's see. Core EPS, a buck 50 versus a buck 39. Uh, same beat on the sales, 17.85 versus 17.22. They raise guidance. 
They expect revenue to increase 8% versus 6% prior. Raising core EPS, nothing but good news out of Pepsi-Cola. Trading up at a new, is that a new all-time high? Trading a new all-time high. The only reason I would fade this thing with both hands is Coca-Cola. Look yeah, at that Coke. Yeah, Cola the Coke charts. was just as good of a report, and it came in, and they just sold it straight off. Um, Pepsi, this is the same report. It's pretty good. Maybe you know people were expecting it to fade. Maybe um, that's why it hasn't sold off here yet. But it took a while for Coke. Coke actually opened strong that day, and then it reopened, and then they sold it off. So I, I do think Pepsi is kind of priced for perfection as well. The PE hasn't been cheap on Pepsi in a very long time. I'm just curious. I'm going to go look that up, but. I'm agreeing with you, Joel. I'm not chasing. I'm not chasing any of the consumer staples because I still don't get why I want to be in Cokes and Pepsi's and consumer staples when I can be in Treasuries for five percent. Because I don't think you make much more. You know, from a risk reward perspective, I don't think you're making twelve, fifteen, twenty percent your Cokes and Pepsi's. Um, so if I'm going to have Coke, Pepsi, consumer staples, these conservative stocks in my portfolio, I'd rather just be in Treasuries. All right, uh, Des, watch the offers a little bit, a little bit of a sneaky rally. Yeah. 28 is the PE on Pepsi right now. You oh, pay my 28 Lord. times. A- so this is just how crazy this market. You want to pay 28 times for a company that's barely growing earnings. When you can get 5% sitting in a treasury, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think money is just hiding there because it's playing defense. And I think if the market turns around, Pepsi and Coke are not going to participate as much. If the market really starts to sell off hard and we go into recession, well, Pepsi sells to a lot of bars and restaurants too. So may not hold up either. So I agree. I'd sell my Pepsi if I had it. Uh, I just want to go back to that. Just, um, you know, we could give you, I'll just go first. I'll give you the Pepsi levels. Uh, Boom, boom, boom. Uh, You just got over 189. Your pre-market high stands at 189.10. So keep an eye on that. You're only 50 cents away. But I just, you know, we have, you know, different people coming to the show at different times. And we really, this Coca-Cola, we really spelled it out well yesterday. And I think it's an important thing for, you know, newer traders to or even experienced traders is that stock in the book. I mean, it's not like it used to be when you you know had uh, eights or teenies or whatever. But the main reason that Coca-Cola ran into problems yesterday is it just found too many sellers at 65. You yep. got that little sprint. Uh, in the pre-market, uh, over 65. And I'm thinking, well, I don't think this thing's going to open over 65. Yeah. It opened 64.75, right? And you're thinking, okay, baby, we're going through 65. Boom. 64.99 was your high. So I don't know how many shares were there, but all your high freaks or people that have the 65 offers in the book could sell that stock with a, you know, with a, with a look of, uh, of losing a penny if it rolls through 65 and then you just add pressure uh, on the remaining uh, of the session. Pepsi is not the same kind of stock. It's a higher price stock. Yeah, it won't uh, have that the, kind of size. It's not going to have that kind of size. Okay. Um, well, maybe Mickey D's is selling a lot of Pepsi-Cola here. Uh, Mickey D's uh, trading at a all-time high. McDonald's, the drive through indicator, um, when I go by a local, it's been busy, but it hasn't been like pandemic busy. Uh, 263 versus 233, right? Uh, beat on the sales too, 5.9 yeah. billion versus 5.59. Uh, 
people are eating out at Mickey D's. Pre-market high, a little bit different here. You found a firm seller here at 297. You ticked there a couple times. So that's a much better level than uh, 189 in Pepsi-Cola. And, one, and 300 will be absolutely enormous. If for whatever reason it just gets silly, I would expect there's probably some big sellers up there at $300. I took it long through the report. Nice. Um, reason it was down a buck last night. Fast money actually knocked it down. They were talking bearish on it and knocked it down a buck. And I'm like, you know what? I see the McDonald's drive-through numbers. I think they'll beat. So I bought it when it was down a buck last night. I've already sold it. So I sold it when it popped up on the earnings report, but I took it through the report. It had a nice pop on the earnings report. So um, again, it's a lower beta name there too. So is this going to do the rug pull and just tank? I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's underneath demand in McDonald's there as well. I'd say 300, you know, is, a, is, is definitely major resistance if you're able to get up there. If you're pulling back, it's hard because it's been on such a run. We've been coming from 260 to 290. So I don't think I'm buying dips on it, though. Uh, at this point in time. I mean, look at this thing. This thing came from uh, low 260s. In the middle of March, letting it just straight up move here uh, by McDonald's. It's funny. I always think about this stock, Dennis, and I think I, I, I gave you that presentation that I did in Dana's uh, fifth grade class. And that was just after like 9-11 and everything. And I did uh, uh, the market, the stock market and mathem mathematics and things yeah. like that. And I remember, you know, talking about McDonald's to the class, right? Because I wanted to talk to, uh, well, my chart doesn't even go back that far. Wow, Dana's 30 now. Whew. But uh, anyways, you know, I remember... I remember, you know, the stock, I think it was like at 15. It had come down from like 30 to 15. And I remember, you know, talking to the kids about it, you know, something they can apply. And I'm like, so, you know, when the market sells off, you know, a lot of people look at like products that they use a lot. And I'm like, do you guys like McDonald's? And like, you know, all the kids, like, of course, like raise their hand. Yeah. And, uh, oh, man, I wish I would have went out and bought the stock then. I, I do, too. Um, I can remember when it did that, too. It went, And if we go back, it was like. It fell during the tech bubble burst is when it fell and everything fell and the valuation maybe was, you know, a little bit overdone. I can't, I, I, maybe we got to go look at the charts. How far you can't go far enough back to see it on this platform. I'm I trying go to back go to, to but I do remember like sixteen, seventeen dollars Oh, I got that. To. Oh yeah. No, I don't there, have that. Oh, not quite far enough there, but you can see uh, it was down to like 16 or 17 bucks and it had been up to like 50 or 60. We're talking McDonald's was down 60 or 70% from the highs. I'm trying to go back and see it myself on, a on your chart platform. Yeah. So yeah. So back in like 2000, we got up to like, well, we got up to like 45, $50. And then we went down to like 15. So it was down 70% from the highs, but it was one of those in the tech bubble burst. Obviously McDonald's was the one to buy and you know what? It got down to reasonable valuation. You know what really was the bottom for McDonald's was that movie that it came out. Remember the movie? And oh, they were hitting yeah. it on that. What the hell was it? Um, that where he ate McDonald's for 30 days straight and his, all his health fell apart and they were like, you can't eat McDonald's or whatever. And that was the very bottom. That's when they were selling McDonald's. They're like, oh, nobody's going to eat McDonald's going forward here because, um, you know, it's 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 killing this guy on the TV. What well, was super, super size? Me. Jennifer, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Mark, our, our chat's on super size me. <laughs> that was the very bottom for McDonald's, the super size me. And I remember thinking, and I remember watching that movie myself, and I was like, I don't know if I want to buy this McDonald's stock. You know, it even had me spooked. And obviously, McDonald's stock at $18 a share would have been one of the buys of the century here because here we are we're up like two thousand percent from those lows 
uh, where it was when that Super Size Me movie came out. So sometimes when you know you get the major, you know, media covering and everybody's talking, is McDonald's really deadly and really killing you? All this that was the bottom. Oh boy, twelve. 12 it's Plan B says was the exact low. Yeah, that sounds uh, about right. Yeah, whoo boy. Uh, also, just well, you know, and I, I've got down I, to. I've 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 mentioned this before. Uh, my dad made a lot of good predictions, a lot of bad predictions. Uh, his two worst predictions ever. Uh, one of them involved McDonald's, and this was back. I don't even know. I, I I'll give you the the preferences <laughs> or the words that he used. He we went to a McDonald's after his swim meet, and he what said, "What year would this have been? Take us to the year." Oh man, I don't want to reveal my age. Uh, everybody knows how old I am. I'm old. I would say that this had to be in. It was probably in the early 1970s, like 1971 or 72. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we went. Dad's to taking you to McDonald's after swimming. Yeah. And I remember his exact quote. He said, "Who would pay a nickel?" For a stale cup of coffee and a dime for a horrible hamburger. <laughs> He's like, this thing's going out of business for sure. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then the other thing was, is uh, he didn't really think television was going to make it. <laughs> Who, who's going to pretty bad predictions? He said, who's going to want to sit around and look at a little box on your living room floor for hours? <laughs> those but, are good for those are yeah, good predictions right. sometimes Let's, you got to fade your dad i guess on that case you had to fade your dad on that one there but yeah yeah wow yep. looking back a dime the burger started at a dime eh? i think so i think ten i think cents. that's 10 cent burgers yeah yep. i remember when the big Macs, like in the 90s got down they were on sale and they were down to a buck or something like that big Macs, it was like sale big Macs for a buck i was like my buddy he was like, he's like, these are the best things ever. And he bought like 200 of them, put them in his freezer. And he was eating Big Macs all year. So really? He's like, how can you ever eat cheaper? You're getting these burgers, these awesome burgers for a buck. So, yeah, he bought like 200 of them, put them in his freezer, and it was just eating Big Macs all year. <laughs> uh, do you, piece, do you, remember, you remember the saying that you had to say within like five seconds um, in order to get a, a free Big Mac? No. Two old beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. And you could say, and you got in there and got them for free, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Joel's all, right. all over all the deals there. So McDonald's, you got to love McDonald's. <laughs> okay. What about, should we take a look? Let's look at some other fast food restaurant stocks. Uh, Wendy's. Nothing, uh, nothing where... ever looks like McDonald's because <laughs> it's a straight up. Burger King, though, I tell you that, and I don't think it's just Burger King still traded. I think they took it back off, didn't they? Uh, is it Burger King still traded chat? It was back it for a bit. Did they take it back private? But what I will say is Burger King, I ate there a little while ago. Again, um, my parents go for those Whopper and they get the deals on the Whoppers. It's actually better than it, I remember. The Whopper was pretty good burger. Yeah. Whopper was a pretty good it, burger. What, so I'll give what, Burger what, King some love, but I don't think it's traded publicly now. It was out there for a bit. I think it's gone now again. What is this? Uh, what is this QSR? Is it? Is this, that got uh, Burger King in it? Well, QSR was all the ones. It was like talk, like uh, it was the spinoff from Pepsi. So let's look here. 
QSR. No, that I thought, was, I, yeah, sorry, Yum was spin off from Pepsi. What's QSR? What's what's all in there? Rest I thought it, I thought that was Tim Hortons and No, uh, I don't know if Timmy's in there anymore. Let's go look. There's a pile of them in there. So let's go look at the QSR. KFC. No, wait a second. No, it's not. Um, I'm trying to see who's in QSR. It's a bunch of fast food restaurants. We're gonna uh, find Popeyes. Out yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Burger King might be. Oh, in there. Google failing here. I should go to Bing. I go QSR restaurants, please, and it's not bringing me up the restaurant names. Oh, I, Bing is Bing is. Terrible. I got to go Bing this man. I should sell my Google because I'm going right here. I, it's, it's three different ways I've done it. Which ones? Which what's what's the name of QSR actually? Because then they get the restaurant Rest- brands. Yeah, okay. restaurant brands. Restaurant. Um... Brands, restaurants. Panera's gone. Panera's gone. That was taken. Uh, Burger King. You're right, Joel. I think Burger mm. King's in there. Popeyes, uh-huh. Firehouse Subs. Tim Hortons is in there, Joel. Joel with the call. Timmy's yeah, in there too. Yeah. So there's your you, Burger King. It's in QSR. You want you want another quick story about being cheap? Um, I was cleaning. I was was looking for something in the key drawer. And I found a Dunkin' Donuts card that my son-in-law got me in literally in 2017. And I was like, I, I don't think I used this up yet. So on the way home from the gym, I stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts. I went in there, had $4.81 on it. Go. Yeah. And I'm like, and uh, like, I don't really like their donuts, but I uh, got uh, got three bagels off it. But uh, and that just what, one last thing about uh, Mickey D's. They, uh, they spun off uh, CMG. Yeah, they did. And that was a huge, you know, you just think about all that, you know, CMG was in there. I mean, McDonald's just does everything right. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to probably CMG the most. reports this week too. Reports. To, oh, reports tonight. Tonight. Yep. tonight. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay. So we really went on a tangent there. I'm sorry about that folks. That's um, okay. that's all right. I like the, tangents. uh, General Electric. I mean, what... that never stops going up unless you bought in the year 2000. <laughs> I mean, okay. So General Electric here. Uh, boy, I wish. What was that one guy's name that we had? John Inch. I think he retired. Uh, he was a great analyst. He was bearish the whole way down. Yeah, I don't know if he's retired, but John Inch, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's been remember. right. I mean, overall, yeah. he's been right. Not in the last few weeks, but he's been right overall. Twenty-seven cents versus fourteen cent estimate adjusted revenues at 13.7 billion versus 13.36 billion they raised the lower end of guidance uh so they're you know free cash flow i mean 97 years of cost cutting and you know they got away from the financial end of things which it took a long time but i i just don't know what to say about i mean it, it you look at the chart and you're thinking Wow, this is one heck of a rally. But then, man, what it, what was it back when it was the top component in the S&P? In Remember the year when... 2000, General Electric, because we did the reverse split, General Electric topped out around 300 I don't have the exact numbers, so I'm ballparking from a chart. I'd say about $360. So if you invested back in Jack Welch's General Electric in 2000, you were down a cool, what is that, 70% over the last 23 years. So in the same time period, Honeywell, which was very much a comparable, and Honeywell actually almost got bought by General Electric, Honeywell is up from $60 to $200 in that same time period. So you picked the wrong one if you went in GE. It has been the dog of all dogs from the highest market cap in the world to, you know, to here. So you can say, wow, GE, what a stock. Yeah, in the last six months. But look at the last 23 years. This stock has sucked. 
and uh boy oh boy remember when that when that deal blew up uh at uh at bright when uh a the lot of yeah, yeah, yeah a lot, lot of bright traders lost some money in that one yeah yeah and i'm like man hey you i'm like yeah you tell me spreads or uh you know risk arbitrage well now i know what the risk is uh when the deal falls apart it was g and G was buying Honeywell. It was an all-stock deal, and a lot of traders had it on. And then they came in and they squashed the deal. Um, antitrust, I believe, was the issue there. And mm-hmm. it fell apart, obviously, that day. And Honeywell just tanked and tanked and tanked. And G actually went up and up and up. And that would have been the buy. Honeywell would have been the buy on that day, and G would have been the sell. So, um, but, you know, hindsight capital against 2020. But there was a lot of risk-arb traders that lost a lot of money that day. Uh, GE, this stock uh, ending the year at the $65 area. We just crossed the 103 threshold. 103.06 uh, is your pre-market high. You're only 40 cents away from there. So, uh, you know, run up uh, before the report, run up in January, February, and March, run up in April. I just with this one, I mean, you can go to the monthlies here, your next monthly high. Oh, boy. Comes in at, uh, wow, up at the 116 area. Folks, I don't got anything for you. If this thing opens up and it looks like it bottoms early, then maybe you could look at your, you know, one of your average uh, trading ranges for that and uh, use that as a target coming back on the downside. Yesterday's high was 100.77. And the other stock, I mean, they spun off this GE Healthcare. I mean, how many times do you? I mean, look at what this thing has done. Holy yeah, it's mapper. been a monster. And again, GE has been a fabulous investment for the last six months, but it's been a, a very awful investment for the last 23 years. So maybe it's like it's time to bark, but let's give it perspective here. Let's, like, let's take it back to GE. You know, it's up here again. I have no idea why they continue to give this stock the pass that they do in the last six months, but they keep buying it relentlessly here. I mean, they're now expecting for fiscal year 2023 guidance to be $1.70 versus $2. Estimates were up at $1.98. It's kind of a lowered guide. You know, it's to, you know, sure they could hit it if they hit the upper end, but that is not great guidance at all. And it almost feels like a lower guide here. Um, and then if you want to take it from that multiple, 23, well, $2, it's trading 50 times earnings. Why am I ever going to pay 50 times earnings for General Electric? So, I don't get it. It keeps going up. Again, technicians, you know, momentum traders are all over it because it's just been relentlessly going up. And I've been wrong because I've embarrassed this thing since 90 and it continues to go up here. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I think eventually it comes back down, but, you know, they're giving it a pass. I don't know why I want to pay 50 times earnings for GE, though. And did uh, GE, um, uh, GE Healthcare, we might as well do that. They beat by six cents and they beat on uh, sales to 4.71 versus 4.63. They reaffirmed organic revenue growth. But uh, I don't know, for some, they're seeing something they don't like in their report uh, because that's trading down 3.29. And whew, boy, oh boy, you try and find support on this yeah, one. Yeah, this earnings report looks better than the other G, <laughs> like than the regular GE report, but they hit it on this one. So. Again, it's tough to get the reaction. Like sometimes you can have the earnings report. You could, if you're an insider, you could have the earnings report right in front of you. And a lot of times it would still be difficult to make money in this market because just because they beat and raise doesn't mean necessarily it goes up. And just because they miss and guide lower, usually they go down if they miss and guide lower, though. But when you get hmm. these, you know, beat, beat, sometimes, you know, they still go down on it. 
Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see what happens with uh, GE later on today. Uh, let's stick with the good earnings. Dennis, have you been buying much tape lately? Uh, Triple M here. Let's bring up the chart. I remember talking about this one, and we I think it was at like the 115 area. It had a gap down. It was right here. It gapped down, and we're like, man, how can you hold on to a stock that you know has just the worst performer? Two hundred dollars in the middle of two thousand twenty-one. Uh, adjusted EPS uh, one ninety-seven beats one fifty-eight. Sales are pretty good too. Eight eight billion versus seven point four nine billion. Uh, not bad. Uh, got a little carried away with a spike up to one hundred eight and a quarter. Man, what do you have on the dailies here? You know what? I'll do a reset on this one uh, since we're back down at one hundred six thirty. And I'll say, what happens at 107.15? That's uh, three highs in a row going back to mid-April from 107.10 to 107.30. So we'll be keeping an eye on Triple M. Dennis, uh, did you get down and dirty in this one at all? No, I haven't. And again, Triple M is all about the earplug lawsuit. And until (laughs) we get some clarity on where that is going, um that's been the issue that's why 3m trades at 10 or 11 times earnings it trades very cheap it's got a nice dividend but that weighs on it just as much as johnson johnson obviously got their stuff settled i think 3m will be a buy when they settle out this earplug lawsuit as long as they settle out at reasonable terms but you know they're getting you know sued big time there for the potential defective uh earplugs there and we still don't have clarity on you know when this you know actually might get settled or if it's going to go to court or what's going to happen there and this actually is the reason why the stock continues to be um trade at such a cheap multiple so until we get clarity on where that earplug lawsuit's going i am going to uh just stay away yeah and i believe the one settlement they had was ridiculously large and so if you multiply that out that company's was, bankrupt if you, yeah like, that's exactly. on, on some of it there too so okay all right um all right so we did we did some good earnings there uh let, let's go to um let's go to verizon here and uh dennis i know you've been you've been negative on these stocks uh for a long time and uh for good reason here you are now Busting, I would say the bulls got to make a stand here at uh, at thirty seven bucks. Uh, you had three lows in the last three sessions. You dipped under that level in the pre market. Pre market low comes in at thirty six fifty, but uh, it got hit on the AT and T report. Now it's getting hit on on its report. Let's see if you could, uh, you know, hold thirty seven or fill the gap down at thirty six eighty three, Dennis. Uh, let's hear your negative thoughts. Yeah, you know, I hate Verizon and I hate three and I hate them for a long time. Me and Jason Rasnick were on this show two years ago and Verizon was trading fifty five dollars. We're both like, we both don't like this company at all. Jason, fantastic call. Um, I'll give myself a pat on the back too because I'm with you. Fantastic call by me too. I don't like Verizon. I've hated AT and T. AT and T back then was thirty two or thirty three dollars. I've hated that one too. I'm going to continue to hate on both of these companies. Cord cutting does not help them. Yes, they have wireless. Yes, they have you know some other businesses there, but their core businesses, Direct TV. I mean, come on. So you want to invest in this stuff? These are declining businesses. Yes, the dividend looks attractive. T-Mobile also eating their lunch. There's just so many reasons to be concerned. So don't get sucked in by the dividend. People have already been sucked in by the dividend before on AT&T, and then they cut it. And now it's back to 6.3% of people are getting sucked in again. They'll probably cut it again. I don't like either of these companies fundamentally. I will trade them. I pair trade them against each other. 
but I will not own AT&T and Verizon unless something materially changes. All right. Uh, and just uh, the best in breed here is uh, is T-Mobile. Yeah, I mean, eating their lunch. Yep. yep Unbelievable. Uh, T-Mobile continues to grow, continues to go up. Stock is loved. On pullbacks, which it has pulled back recently, it seems to always be a buy. So if you're buying the pullback on T-Mobile, I won't argue with you. It's just like T-Mobile has just figured it out. Okay. All right. Uh, I see someone still on the earnings hit parade. SPs are trying to rally. Uh, we're down 17.75. That's uh, off the 11 and a half handles off that pre-market low. Um, I did jot down uh, mid-range on the session. I kind of when there's a nice range overnight, I like to keep an eye on that. Mid-range so far comes in at 44 and a quarter. You just take 44 and a half. And uh, seem to be uh, just fading a little bit. But boy, oh boy, looking at the dailies here. This is going to be the eighth day of a trading range. And I'm giving the trading range between 41.30 and 41.98 and a half, which was the high of the move. But in reality... I mean, this has just been a chop fest between 41.40 and 41.60 uh, over the last seven, eight sessions uh, with some big, big earnings reports looming after the close. There was an uh, analyst on CNBC, and I don't uh -huh. remember the gentleman's name, but I watched it yesterday. And he was saying he feels the S&P could be in a range for the next 10 years, the next <gasps> decade. And then, you know, looking at that, I'm like, this guy could be right. I'm like... I think the way to play this market still, again, there's still risk here. So, you know, but I still think we're not rip roaring back to highs and buy, 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 buy. I think selling calls, you even selling covered calls is maybe the way to play this market here for the foreseeable future. Because I don't see us as falling off a cliff. Even if we go into recession, I'm not sure. I just see the consumer just, you know, stopping. We've seen, you know, even with higher rates, I kept thinking it was going to hit them. But we know the banks just, you know, bring the amortizations out and people have money again. So, I mean, the banks find a way around it. The only wild card is if we start seeing, you know, this regional banking crisis start to escalate or we get geopolitical risk and China invades Taiwan or something like that. Those are your major risks. And that's where I wouldn't want to have covered calls written. But so far, I think you're just writing premium. I think you're going to be happy about it because I think this SPY could stay range bound for a very long time. I'm not sure 10 years, but we've had periods and, you know, market doesn't, you know, realize, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. If you go back and look at the S&P chart, we had periods of time, 70s, 1970s, S&P stayed flat pretty much the entire 1970s. We had obviously, you know, some, some big rallies in the 80s and the 90s, and then we got to the O's and it was the same thing from 2002 to 2012. S&P really gone nowhere. You know, we got hit hard. We kind of just meandered and just kind of stayed within that range. Joel's looking there too. So you can see, you know, and they're obviously we sold off substantially in the financial crisis there and it was really ugly. But I mean, we've been kind of range bound here at periods of time before. So we've had such a big move from 1,000 basically to 4,000. Maybe we go into a five to 10 year digestion period where we don't go up every year. We don't go up 1% a year. So I mean, Two, two ways. If the SP is going nowhere, those 5% treasuries will look pretty darn good. But if the SP is going nowhere, you know what will look better? Writing covered calls against your SP positions. So I think I won't argue with you if you're writing covered calls in this environment. Look at this monthly candle. I mean, I just can't get over it. I mean, this we're almost at the end of the there's a month end on uh on Friday, I believe, because of uh I mean, look at this. I mean, this is just 
unprecedented here to have. Uh, and I, I went back and I, when I did, I think it's the smallest monthly candle. I think I said 2019. Uh, yeah. Until he's coming down. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. July of 2019, uh, we had a, a 40 point range, right? Is that right? No, uh, 40 and 30, 70 point range. And this is, I'm looking at the cash index. And right now, we're at a 60-point range, so I'd even have to go farther back to find uh, when we've had this kind of quiet. Uh, I'll be keeping a close eye. And uh, just going back, you know, I, I made that call, you know, earlier year that the highs were in, and, you know, they had me shaking, right, uh, you know, last week and the week before. And I just – I kept on saying, I want to see how Q1 earnings season goes. <laughs> and so far – it's really not giving me any cues, you know, because you're getting some beats, you're getting some misses, but that's going to change, right? You get the big boys coming, and if you get uh, get a warning out of one of those, well, we'll see what happens. Let's it it do- could change. UPS is not good news overall. But again, some of this is expected. The market is kind of expecting a slowdown. I just think the battle between the bulls and the bears could go on for a very, very long time. And yes, there are some markets that are doing very well. You know, we saw Europe, you know, outperforming here to J.C. Brett's point. But there's a lot of markets that aren't doing that well. And even China was doing pretty good there for a couple months ago. And we've just been leaking there now in China and obviously coming back down to the lows. And I do believe geopolitical risk is a major reason why you're seeing Alibaba and Baidu making new lows and JD making new lows and the FXI making new lows. So lots of you know balls to juggle here. But maybe when you add it all up, Maybe the bulls got a good case and the bears got a good case and they just keep battling and battling yeah. and battling. And maybe that battle goes for a long time. And if you're writing premium in that battle, you'll be happier doing it. All right. Let's do one more earnings report here. Uh, Pulte Homes Group, Dennis. Now, if you're looking for a slowdown in the economy or a recession and, you're, and, you, were, and you were banking on higher interest rates, uh, you know, putting sticking a fork in the housing market, Pulte beats, they beat by a wide margin, 235 versus 181. Sales at 357 versus 3.27 billion. Announces a $1 billion increase share repurchase authorization. Yeah. What's there not to like here about Pulte Group? I've been wrong on the home builders for a very long time. You got a stocks so that just, I don't get why, where people are getting the money to just build all these houses, even with higher interest rates, but they're finding the money. People are finding the money to do it. And, you know, lumber costs have come down. You know, I was just pricing out, I'm doing a shop. And I was just pricing out the lumber package on that. And it has come down substantially. So lumber has come down nicely. Steel has not. Lumber has come down pretty substantially. Um, so, you know, maybe that continues to, you know, be the case. So we have seen deflation, at least in the price of some materials there. Um, I don't totally get why, you know, this COVID, COVID to Dennis, people like their houses. I think so. Maybe it's just the yeah. mindset. I want my house. I want to have a good house. I'm just going to find the money to do it. So, you know, and maybe we didn't give that enough that people want to, you know, have a good house to live in. You know, they and obviously the YOLO market where you don't save for a rainy day. You spend now because there may not be it tomorrow. That's Look. really where the mindset has changed. It's what keeps the consumer driving is YOLO. Yes, you know, they, if they run out of money, that's it. But we know the banks can find ways to give them more money. They just amortize it over a longer period of time. So, I mean, if that's going to be the case, the banks are just going to keep kicking the amortization, making it longer and kicking the can down the road, and people are never going to own their homes. They're just going to pay the interest on them. 
I mean, these home builders could continue to go up with basketball. All-time high, 64-49, and I'm going to do one more here because we're getting asked about Spotify here. Sure. Uh, Spotify trading at the highs of the pre-market session, uh, just at uh, one, uh, just over 140. You've got your pre-market highs coming in at 141 even. Uh, Spotify, let me give you the numbers here real quick for Spotify. And um, I don't know if I'm seeing numbers here. Oh, total revenue up. Uh, it must be a, a different uh, currency, which is up 14 point, up 14 percent year over year. Monthly active users up 22 percent. Uh, subscribers up 15 percent. I don't think they care about the numbers. 141, Dennis. Are we breaking out here? Hmm. I don't know. It's a breakout. My wife gives them money every month. So we've got the family Spotify account. I don't know what it is, like 15 bucks. We have like five different users on it. So we give them the money every month. It's kind of nice. You know, I just go on my phone. I play whatever song I want. I don't know. Is it something you would cut out during a recession? I think absolutely. But we're not in a recession. Maybe recession is coming. Um, Valuation's always been an issue here for me. Okay, uh, eight fifty-two here, and we uh, we gotta do our, our trade zero segment let's here. Let's do it. See, ah, what's going on? Let's uh, let's do the roll the intro, Aaron, and trade zero segment. It's got a good beat. Good beat there with that intro. Yeah, I know. I know Mitch comes up with those uh, those good ones. So uh, let's go. Let's go to the up filter sure. first. Yeah, because we we want them. Everyone wants the market to go up all the time. And look at the stock we just talked earnings. about. They're littered with earnings. Yeah, yeah. What uh, I mentioned the Spotify here. I'd keep a close eye on one forty one if you're looking for a target on that. Uh, what about this THC? Um, not sure. They reported funny. earnings this morning, Tenant Healthcare. They ah, were good. Okay. All I right. Looked at, I, looked, I gave it about 10 seconds of a look at the, the report anyway. So I looked at the headline numbers, which is what I do. I basically look at the headline numbers. There's no time to dig into the numbers. Who reads the reports anymore? Not a lot yeah. of people. We hmm. dig in the headline numbers and we trade on it. But I didn't trade THC. It's up four bucks, five, four, four, almost five bucks here. Yeah. So, nice move for THC. You know which stocks have been the monsters? The third one on the list there, Joel's NVS. I mean, Novartis has just been an absolute tear. $80. Look at this move. Gap and go. Like, it's just like the shorts. If you were shorting that move up saying, well, it should stall out that 93, 94 top. You're now 10 points underwater. The momentum traders just have complete control of this one. Um, obviously, they got some good drugs they're working on there. Um, uh, the weight loss drug, I believe, is another big one there at Novartis. And wow, just... Um, been a monster. I don't know what to say. I mean, trading at the highs of the pre-market session. Whew, I don't know what technicals you can really do on this one. One double O ninety three was your high from yesterday. So if you're looking for a gap fill, come back down. Maybe sneak your bid out there at one oh one. Uh, just pressing up here at the highs of the pre-market session at one oh four forty. Uh, what else? We got the we got the Mickey D's in here. We did. We it's did all the earnings. G-E. Those are yep. all earnings stocks. Yep. What? Go to the down ones. Yep. Let's go to some down ones. Get some negative Nancys in here. Oh, DHR. We haven't talked that one. Oh. That's interesting. Dan, I heard that a report earnings wasn't on my list. I didn't even notice it on my list. Yeah. Um, look right now. Yeah. Let me take DHR, a look. At- what's up? What's up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they beat. Yeah, that's on my list. Yeah, yeah, they beat. There you go, beating a beat. 
they knock her down anyways. So, I mean, sometimes the beat beat doesn't mean the stock goes higher. Here's a stock that has been in a downtrend, though. And, I mean, you get the rallies into the downtrends, which it obviously rallied ahead of this report. And then, you know, trend is, is your friend usually. And the trend in this case is not your friend if you're long because the stock has been leaking here for a while. It's a Kramer pick. Uh, so, you know, we'll just leave that out there. Um, 245 down nine bucks. You do have some support down the low 240s. Uh, I don't know. Tough stock to trade, though. Yeah. Uh, then, higher price stock here. 238. Uh, that marks your pre-market low, and that is below. Ooh, what is this? This better not be 238. 237 was some lows that you had back That's today. Uh, in hit 237. Two, uh, 237 is the low oh, that wow. it hit. 238 this morning. Wow. So that and that's right there. So again, Joel's levels coming into play. You get those double bottoms, 237, and then they smack her down on light volume to those key levels. That's where they bounce. So and then remember, always look at the expected move here too. I don't know why I didn't have DHR on my list. So I missed that one. Uh I think you gotta do a reset now that you've bounced so much off that pre-market low. It might not be uh stock that you're gonna get in there. Two forty-one uh thirty-two. Uh, that was that's only your three day low. So if you feel like you missed the bottom here and uh, you want to either try and cover short or attempt the long, whatever you feel like doing. Uh, also, just on the monthlies here, you talk about monthly support. Um, this whole 230, 233 to 235 area, even though you've had a lot of major declines, uh, that's where uh, the bulls stepped up in uh, 2022 and also um, earlier in the year. Uh, staying on, uh, did, let's see, what else do we have? Well, on I think the we downside. should go back to FRC here. I know. It has I was... continued to leak here. If you just bring up you know, FRC, we have continued to leak. We're actually trading down $11.80 here now. So I don't know if they've said something else, but we just took another leg lower. We were about 12.50 about 20 minutes ago. Yep. Now we've just taken another leg lower here again on FRC, down 26%. Um, KRE, KBE starting to go down too. You're seeing regional banks get hit. You're seeing all the banks get hit, even the majors. Um, remember, when we have seen this before, and we've seen this story before, just be cautious shorting tech because we have seen money scramble when they're getting concerned about the regional banks we actually saw them flock to mega cap tech so again mega cap tech reports tonight but you know i'm just saying for a day trade here some of these mega cap tech stocks are really getting hit this morning maybe i'd stay away from amazon because of ups but you know you're looking at microsoft apple meta they're all kind of holding up a little better than the s p and i think that's a tell even the seeing that if you're looking qqq is down just as much as the s p higher beta there holding up well don't be surprised if you see Mega Cap Tech catch an early bid here this morning if the regional banks remain weak. We just haven't seen this all out sell, you know, like, okay, like it, it, we're selling. We're selling everything. It no, just we have not seen be, that at all. No, no, it is just never, like not subtle, a long time. Subtle rotation. I'll just alert our traders and investors that the recent low of the move in FRC as at 11.52. That was your low from last month. So far, we are approaching that on the pre-market low. Pre-market low comes in at 11.75. So uh, if there's a level, and there's only one level, then that's it. It's 11.52 uh, for FRC. Almost 6 million shares have traded. So they're not messing around here. Also, no, the street too. got caught leaning the wrong way into the report. I know that the... Uh, 
the chart doesn't reflect it because it came down so hard. But there was a substantial rally into the report. Um, also weighing on the market, we mentioned this earlier, UPS uh, faded here in a 187 handle. Now it looks like we're going back towards the pre-market lows of the session. So uh, the machines are getting going here. Uh, FDX uh, getting dragged along with it. Tight consolidation after the big run up. Uh, let's just do a couple more here. Just, just and- before you go, because you're flying through them, I want to take it back. Just I was talking about Bitcoin here too, and I tweeted it last night. Bitcoin is flat here overnight. I don't know if you can bring it in. Maybe we can move away, um, or if you can oh. show a Bitcoin chart here. I don't know if you can show it on this or not, but yeah. Um, right. Anyways, I, I just feel like Bitcoin, if you're looking at it, has pulled back a little bit from those highs. But now with FRC and the regional banks being concerned again, this is what ignited Bitcoin before. So I'd actually would be a buyer of Bitcoin for a trade here. So I don't have any Bitcoin here um, at, at this point in time, but I'm just looking at it. I think I, I do have a little piece of my kids are ESP, but that, that's minor. Um, I, I, I honestly think if we're playing the same playbook that we played a month ago, this Bitcoin pullback sets up nicely here because we pull back, you know, two, 3,000 from the high on Bitcoin. And I think it sets up nicely here. Um, just for a potential bounce on the weakness. It hasn't bounced at all here yet, so they're not playing that yet. But if you start to see after the 9.30 open, start to see separation happening here again, don't get caught with Bitcoin short here, I think. I think I'd actually rather be long Bitcoin than short Bitcoin, just if FRC is going to stay weak. All right, looking at uh, looking at relationships here. We're coming up on the 9 o'clock hour. Boy, that flew by. Dennis covered, I don't know, maybe 15, 20 stocks here in one session. I don't know where else you're going to get that on Wall Street. We are off the pre-market low of 41.30, folks. That just undercut the low from uh, last week and uh, yesterday, the Globex low, 41.33.50. So it's just a market that just, it, it, it's been weak. Uh, we've been down off the high, but it's just like it's the rope of dope, you know. It's just like on the ropes, and then they come back with uh with a couple punches. So have not had that uh, that all out sell day that uh, no. many have been anticipating. Uh, but we got the fireworks after the close, right today with uh, Microsoft and Google and Chipotle. Not as much, but uh, waiting on the big tech earnings today. That's why Dennis is a little bit cautious of uh you know shorten those today because there's always been this subtle rotation in the markets. Uh, Dennis, that's my my final wrap for today. Uh, any, anything else you'd like? No, to add? same thing. Just be expect rotation you know it's not you know one of these markets that they sell everything expect some stocks to be going higher and if i was trying to pick which ones nvidia has ticked green here now netflix has just ticked green if i was buying the dip here today it'd probably be on technology and it would probably be on bitcoin okay all right, folks. Uh, now, I'm not for... going to take anything through the report. So if I'm buying any dips, I'm not going to take anything through, you know, any of these major reports here tonight. But just talking to you day traders out there, I think you could see a bounce in some of those things off the bat. Okay, folks. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And uh, I'll be back at 3.30 uh, with the closing print. Christian Farmhurst is going to be joining me to uh, wrap up this uh, trading range market. Everybody, go get them. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us. We'll